From the AM-FM 24-7 radio network, broadcasting from AM and FM stations around the country, welcome to the Small Business Administration award-winning School for Startups Radio, where we talk all things small business and entrepreneurship. Now, here is your host, the guy that believes anyone can be a successful entrepreneur, because entrepreneurship is not about creativity, risk, or passion, Jim Beach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of School for Startups Radio. Today is Wednesday, the 26th. Thank you so much for being with us. We have a fantastic show for you today as we present that mosaic trying to prove the thesis that entrepreneurship is not about creativity, risk, or passion. We're going to introduce, as always, great entrepreneurs. We're going to show you their creativity process. Probably isn't the way you think. We're going to show you how much, how little risk they took. We're going to talk about passion. We're going to try to convince you that anyone, yes, anyone, even you, can be a successful entrepreneur. Please also join our mailing list by playing a contest. Go to schoolforstartups.com slash contest, schoolforstartups.com slash contest, or schoolforstartupsradio.com slash contest. Same thing. And join. You might win an iPad, and we appreciate you being on the list so we can tell you some of the great guests that fill in that mosaic. We have three fantastic guests today. Wow. Ryan Swartz is up first. He built match.com so that you can go and find a therapist. If you have been hey, told you need to go get some therapy, he and his website will put you together with someone in your neighborhood who has the same interest and the same specialties that you need, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like match.com. And it's an amazing success. We're going to walk through that business. Then we have the head of AI from IBM. Wow, that's impressive. Seth Dubrin is with us. And then a lawyer who's going to talk about debt and how to get out of it as an entrepreneur. Michael Agris is with us. He also lets us make fun of him as a lawyer. So we always can look forward to that. It is a really great show. We have a lot of fun today and appreciate you being with us. Please schoolforstartupsradio.com slash contest. We would really appreciate it. Have a great uh, show. We'll be right back in just a second to get started. We are back. And again, thank you so very much for being with us today. First guest is really doing some cool things. His name is Ryan Swartz. He is the CEO of Mental Health Match. They are a free and confidential service that matches people who need therapy with therapists and counselors. Prior to this, he had an interesting background. He was a cultural anthropologist. He studied that at Stanford. I'm not really sure what that even means. And then he went into communications and was a communication strategist for several social change organizations and movements, and then mental health match. They have helped 60,000 or more people find therapists. They have 2,000 therapists in their network Pretty impressive. Ryan Swartz, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. It's it's a thrill to be here, and I'm so excited that you're taking the time to talk about mental health. It's such an important topic these days. 
Well, it, uh, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad to speak with you. So was everything I introduced correct? Is it sort of match.com for people who need a therapist? You know, that's it's pretty right on. We took the technologies that are used in online dating, so some very simple things, a matching algorithm, some intake surveys, and applied them to mental health. So ours is a lot more, it's a lot more streamlined and straightforward. And, you know, I think a lot of dating sites are, are places where we don't feel our best. We've tried to kind of take get rid of that stuff so that people feel encouraged and supported through the process. But we took some of those same technologies and applied them to the search for mental health care because we know that finding a therapist is is almost more like dating than finding any other kind of medical professional. It's really about the relationship you have that makes uh, good outcomes in therapy possible. So we thought, well, why, why are we still using these outdated technologies or insurance lists or things that feel like the yellow pages, which could work really well if you're looking for a dermatologist, but not working for a therapist. So let's bring in some of those new technologies into this field. So I understand I am told or I figure out, desire some counseling or some therapy. I go on and pick someone close by and I see their pedigree and all of that. Is that correct? Yeah, you can find somebody who either can see you online or close by. We okay. have that option. Um, Is it the and- other way around too? Can a therapist in my neighborhood reach out to me and say, hey, dude, you need some therapy. I know you're not even in our system, but I just know you need some help. Does it work that way too? <laughs> you know, you know it doesn't, and I don't know a lot of therapists who who would do that. But you know, one of the things that Are you is allowed important- to joke at all about mental health, Ryan. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. There's there's some great memes and some great laughs out there. Um, but therapists are very um, specific about their industry and how they approach uh, clients and the ethics that are involved. So, um, you know, a lot of therapists might joke, but they might not tell you to go that you need therapy. Um, and what's also important about this question is that we don't store this kind of identifiable information about people who use the site. So even if, you know, they were to to have that kind of system, they wouldn't be able to find you because we don't keep that information. It's confidential for a reason. I know HIPAA (laughs) and all that. I was just being silly. Match.com goes both ways. The boy can hit on the girl and the girl can hit on the boy. Right. So, uh, that's right. Totally free. So does the doctor pay you a fee then for the referral? That's illegal, isn't it? That is illegal in most states. So um, it is a monthly subscription. Is that the um, hatch that therapist, law? What was that? Is that called the hatch law? Um, it, there's a, it's a variety. Yeah. So that one applies. I think it's specific to Medicaid and Medicare okay. reimbursements, but there are state laws that are very similar. Um, so, and you know, there's ethical issues there. Are you we don't, we don't go that, that route. Knew the hatch law. I am actually quite impressed by that. How did you, how do you know that one? Uh, I raised money in the healthcare space before. Yeah. And so, got it. uh, for, I did some, uh, fundraising. You know, not like, uh, you know, equity fundraising, VC fundraising for a healthcare company. So that's where I remember the hatch law from. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, no, we we want to stay uh, in line with all of the ethics and all the laws. So uh, therapists uh, who are part of our service, they pay a small monthly subscription okay, to be part of it. Go. 
That's correct. That makes sense. That's a great idea, Ryan. Whoever figured that out was really smart. Was that you? <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> All right. I have my lie detector technology turned on here too, just to let you know. Okay. Okay, I'll make sure my nose isn't growing. Really understand and see how many types of therapy there are. There's the specialties that you were talking about. So family conflict or body image, you know, um, work-life balance, burnout. But then there's also the way therapists approach therapy. So talk therapy, um, many people think it's just, you know, you sit and talk, but there's dozens of different approaches. Some of them incorporate art or music. Some of them incorporate animals or nature. Some can help you do like storytelling about your life or an analysis. And there's even types of talk therapy that can help your retrain your body and the way your body responds to stress or trauma. And all of those are incorporated in something that we've made it really easy to sort through and figure out what's best for you. Does it go as far as disability such as autism? It does. Absolutely. Um, and there's some incredible therapists that are in the network who work on, you know, everything from autism to uh, bipolar disorder, um, even schizophrenia. And you mentioned work-life balance. So that would be more coaching. Is that true? Yeah. So there's a really interesting nuance in the distinction. So therapists and counselors, they're licensed by state boards. They have to practice under certain ethical rules um, um, or they lose that license to practice. There's no such regulation and oversight of coaches. Anybody can call themselves a coach. Oh boy, do I know that. Oh boy, Ryan, do I know that. That's Right. So some therapists will do what they call coaching, which is that kind of like more um, specific problem focused. Okay. So you don't have the coaches on there. In other words, we don't, that's right. We only stick with therapists who are licensed and we verify that they are licensed and that they don't have disciplinary actions against them before they're even allowed on the site. We want to make sure people trust the folks that they're seeing and finding. Okay. So they have to be licensed and they are can't be under indictment or all that stuff. Background check. That's correct. Okay. All right. Yes. That rules out both of my therapists. I can't tell them about it. (laughs) Well, that might be a scary one for you. It might be time to find a new therapist. I know a great service. Yeah. Uh So, no, I did go to a psychiatrist once and I was having a really, really bad part of my life and I cried and everything and I told him all my bad parts of my life. And he goes, you know, you're having a bad part of your life and you clearly know it and you're fine and don't come back. And I thought that was really, uh, reassuring, but also really awesome yeah. of him not to milk me and say, Oh boy, you're a totally. Noodle. <laughs> well, you know, I think that that's the difference between psychiatrists and psychologists. So psychiatrists, you know, focus on medication. And if you don't need medication, they're not going to give it to you. Hopefully psychologists would probably have a very different response to you and say, well, let's figure out what's going on that is leading you to feel this way and help you figure out how to prevent that and get out of it. And well, so it was, you know, I was getting divorced. I was bankrupt and I was having trouble walking. And so, that, you know, yeah, it's, those it's are clear, three things. you know, it's not right. like, uh, we didn't have to go on a search for the cause. In other words, Ryan, that's, that's correct. And then figuring out, well, what are you going to do? What are your coping mechanisms in these situations? How do you respond to these situations so that you can feel good? Because you know what? We all have external things that happen in our life that we can't control that feel terrible. 
And I think that the, these therapists are really helping folks figure out, well, what is it that you can do and what is going to make you feel better and what is in line with your values about how you're going to respond to the situation. I think we've seen a lot of that over COVID, you know, with people who are losing jobs or who are isolated, uh, family conflicts picking up. And so those questions become like, we know what the problem is. What are we going to do about it? And I think therapists and counselors are really great uh, assets to have in that conversation. Right. Ryan, do we understand the product and all of that? Can we switch gears here? Are we good sure. with this part of the interview? In other words, I am. Yes. Okay. Lead the uh, way. Tell me the entrepreneurial story now. How'd you get the business idea for this? How'd you get the first website built? Uh, walk me through the history of the business itself. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. You know, the, the business idea actually started um, when I was going through a rough time. I had just lost my mom very unexpectedly and was looking for a grief counselor. And I found it so incredibly difficult. And I started asking around to family and friends, you know, how do you find a therapist? And I heard from so many people who said, you know what, the search was so overwhelming. I just gave up. And so I was lucky enough. I found a therapist. I kind of got back on my feet through that moment in my life and I continued with therapy, but I, you know, that this stuck with me that this was so important and so helpful to people. And there was such a pain point there. And then I thought, well, what a therapist think of this situation. And so we did a, a bunch of interviews with therapists that comp and then I also started uh, interviews with people who were looking for therapy to really figure out more about what was going on. And therapists also shared this pain point that they have these specialties and nobody can seem to find them or they get these emails that are just like, hi, I'm Bob, I'm looking for a therapist and that they don't know if it's the right fit for them or there's insurance matching. And so I started to realize that this was a pain point for everybody involved in the process. And then I started thinking, like, what can we do about it? And, you know, I was actually sitting with a friend who was uh, filling out an online dating profile um, and I was just watching no way. her process. No way. And I just, and it was the light, it was one of those light bulb moments. And I just said, why isn't this applied to the search for mental health care? You know, the research shows that this feeling of fit is the most important thing in mental health care, right? More important um, than sometimes the approaches or the specialty or the expertise of a therapist. It's feeling that you've got you're at the right place and you've come to the right person. You know, that's so um, true so with all medicine. That's true with every, you know, even my proctologist, Ryan, you know, that's just everybody. Yeah. You feel it. You feel a good fit when you go to that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but You know, you just don't, I don't even like to go to a dentist that I don't like. I had one dentist who used his gut to hold me down. He would sort of plop <laughs> his gut onto my chest and, you know, I just, didn't, I just didn't like him. And so I went to a different dentist. So that's right. Yep. And it's, you know, it goes with therapy. It's beyond just the, like, do I like them or not? Or how's their bedside manner? You know, it's really about, do I feel safe? Do I feel, can I say what's going on in my life? Do I feel um, like I can be vulnerable? And do I feel confident that this person can help me? Um, and so it becomes this, uh, 
this feeling of not only do I get along, sometimes you don't get along with a therapist and that, you know, therapists can tell you some hard things sometimes or hold you accountable. Um, so it's more about like, do I like it or not? It's, it's more about, um, can, is this going to be helpful for me? Right. Is this going to be, is this where I need to be? Am I making the progress that I need to make? And do I feel like I can actually engage with the therapist and tell them what's going on? It's, it's hard sometimes to open up to somebody new, especially about things that we never open up to anybody about, including sometimes ourselves. And so it's that feeling of fit that we're after with mental health match and using those tools that I watched my friend use from an online dating profile to say, this is possible that we can do this kind of matching to get people to the right fit, you know, almost instantly. All right. So is your friend in a relationship yet? Uh, they, uh, they are not, they, they, you were more successful than your friend. You're well, different, different. You know, maybe they need to go to some, uh, therapy on dating better. That, or, you know, maybe, um, that's true. They, they, they were moving, moving forward with their process. And I think, you know, they, they might've stopped and they're doing just fine, but it's true. I took this idea and yeah, then so we what'd you do it. then? I mean, now yep. you're only a hundred thousand dollars from hiring a web pro, you know, what'd you do? That's it. So what do we do? I, um, so then once we understood that there was, uh, pain points in this market, I say, we, I do mean I, at this point, um, that I, once I understood that there was pain points on both sides of the market, which is brilliant, much better, way, absolutely brilliant. So I'm very, very impressed. A pluses so far. Thank you. Um, did a much more in-depth competitive analysis and look at the landscape of what was out there and what I thought was going to be out there in the next few years. And I really saw this opportunity to build out this matching piece, right? We saw that there were um, companies coming in and kind of doing like online therapy or gathering up these networks of therapists, but nobody was really focused on this question of how do we get people to the right match? And, and I think that that is one of the most important things in somebody's process in seeing a therapist. So did that landscape analysis, figured out there's good opportunity here, did a good market analysis, kind of started crunching the numbers and was able to get some friends and family money just to create an initial mock-up. I'm not going to even call it an MVP at this point. It was very, very early on. Uh, it started off with me drawing on paper and sitting down with therapists, getting their feedback on what I had drawn out and sitting down with people who were looking for a therapist, getting that feedback. And from the paper, pen and paper, we moved to PowerPoint mock-ups that eventually led to actual you know, uh, website mock-ups got some friends and family money and hired somebody to uh, just create something functional, right? And started getting some therapists on it. We launched uh, about two years ago, we launched this very functional site down in Houston as kind of a local directory. So starting off this marketplace in a very local concentrated area to see what kind of the response would be. And we saw the therapists were signing up and uh, we got some uh, early press that led to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people coming to the site very quickly and giving us really positive feedback. And the therapists were giving us very positive feedback as well, that they were um, not only getting really great matches for them. They were understanding what the client needed. They were able to relate to the client quickly. Um, and they were part of something that they knew was helping their field and helping their industry progress. And so with that in mind and with our early successes, we were able to raise additional money, uh, some seed funding to be able to take what we had built, kind of package the business side around it. So the marketing and sales 
and then start to expand it nationally. Damn, Ryan. I mean, you did every single bit, right? I'm sitting here taking notes. You did the MVP. You built the dirty site and got early rev to prove the model. You started off local in Dallas or I mean, Houston, Where? which one was okay. Texas? It was Houston, Houston, Texas. Houston. Absolutely. Yeah. Not Houston, Oklahoma. Texas. A lot of pride for Houston. Yeah. I got that one wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> you raised the seed. Do you mind if I ask how much the friends and family that got you sort of through the first dirty version was roughly, is it under a hundred, over a hundred? 20,000. Thank you. And though, yes. and so then you raised some seed. Was that uh, institutional money? Uh, where was that? It was from some private, uh, some individuals, which okay. I think was, you know, really, really helpful for us to be able to move with a lot of flexibility um, and move quickly. All right. And yeah, you know, and I'm also thinking if you ever want to raise money again, every one of your therapists, the people paying you 12 bucks a month or whatever, I, I didn't ask what, how much is it a month for them? Is that a fair question? Sure. It's 2495. Okay. Um, so, uh, so that very, provides, very oh my God, for 25 yeah. bucks a month, they get their entire marketing program taken care of for them basically that's right what you know one client of. in a year makes up for it so we're really exactly. trying to keep it a win-win yep yeah so uh they'll invest i bet you 10 percent of them would invest you know so that's a that great thought that's a great thought i might have to keep that in my in my pocket i never thought about you know crowdfunding through our customer base like that i think oh, it's dude, a really yes. great idea because they already trust you they already got clients through you. They yep. know, therefore, that your model works. I mean, yes. Uh, and I only charge 9% for that advice, Ryan. That's, That's why perfect. we audio well, this whole thing. You're cheaper than a VC, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I got that on tape, too. Uh, my lawyer will send you over a contract within the hour. All right. <laughs> Sounds like sure it's already on the way. <laughs> all right. So, but by my calculations, you still own a huge chunk of this business. Uh, this is true. So this is true. And you have 25 bucks a month times 60,000. You're making millions of dollars. You are a trillionaire worth more than Elon Musk's 30 years from now. Well, I'll like put that. a, there's that's, a <laughs> that's a great idea. Um, no, the, so the 60,000, we've helped actually at this point, even more, it's 80,000. Oh, that's right. You have 20,000 customers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Wait. sorry. You have 20, yeah, we've got 2, about 2,500 20, therapists okay. in the okay. network. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. you're not a trillionaire yet. Oh, right. not yet. Uh, you I know, a whole extra zero <laughs> there for you, but still yeah. Ryan, I'm serious, man. A pluses. You did it so well. Uh, I love it. Launch dirty, get it up. Um, Thank you. You know, I, I read the books. I read, I listened to the classes. I, um, the Y Combinator had a mess up and they accidentally, uh, let thousands of people in. And so instead of actually letting them in, they did an online startup school that was free. Uh, and I would got to take advantage of that. So I, you know, I, I did the homework and I listened to people who had come before me and tried not to make the same mistakes that they had warned me about. Brilliant. I mean, you're, you're knocking it out of the ballpark. So the second part of the interview is really fun where I tell you how smart you are, isn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> we keep going forever. Yeah. Uh-huh. I might have to I might have to call you when I'm having a bad day. Yeah, we'll you, you just call up and you know, and so uh you know, a lot of people say that I give great introductions, you know, not you to somebody, but like when you came on the show here, I made you sound really great because, you know, I want my guests to sound really great. But so I've offered a service, right? I've started a thing where I will come around and every time you go into a new room. I will introduce you in an incredibly magnanimous, though honest way. The man who is saving the souls of thousands of people across the country, Ryan I, Swartz, is in I the love living that. Can room. I, can I get that live, or is that just a pre-recorded? Oh no, option? no, no! I follow you around. You know, perfect. Everywhere you go, you know, you go to the bathroom. <laughs> introducing to the bathroom today is true. <laughs> so. Love it. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's a, you do your homework, right. And I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there. You do your research, talk to your customers and it's a good way to do it. So Ryan, our next guest is the head of artificial intelligence for a company. He's the global chief of artificial intelligence for a, a startup called IBM. Have you heard of them? Oh, it's a little one, right? Yeah, They're just, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're going to make it or not. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. The first hundred years are the hardest from what I've heard. So uh, AI, is that a threat to the entire therapy world? I might talk to a computer more willingly because I don't get judged. You did what? <laughs> A good therapist won't judge you either. And I think that that's important. Oh, come but, on. You know, you know it, it is. We are secretly. Yeah. <laughs> we are seeing, you know, there's a lot of AI coming to market right now around mental health. And it's really important to draw a distinction between uh, like therapy and what we call psychoeducation. These, these AI does a really good job of psychoeducation. Oh, you're having a bad day. Have you, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed. Have you tried this breathing exercise? Or did you know that, uh, have you taken a walk yet? You know, think little tips, uh, that you could probably find on Instagram, um, that help you kind of go about your day. They give you encouragement. Oh, don't forget you're, you know, we love you. You're a great person that kind of, and, and you know, that's helpful for a lot of people, but they don't do it. it I don't think it's going to be ever possible to replace a human therapist because th- what I was talking about earlier was that what makes therapy um, so beneficial for people is this relationship with another human being who cares about you, who helps guide you, who provides you a safe space and gives you you know, the, the encouragement that you need um, and the healing that you need, the, the framing of your problems and understanding that is only going to come with another human being. It's, I don't see AI easily replacing that. And on the contrary, I think more and more people are going to experience this AI psychoeducation and start to become more aware of their mental health and realize that it's something they've neglected for a really long time. And I think it's actually going to be really helpful for therapists because they're going to come into therapy um, with, you know, there'll, there'll be more clients coming to therapy who are now more aware of their mental health and they'll, they'll have more tools to talk about it and to kind of jump into to the, the heart of therapy. All right. Interesting. I, I don't know if you're right. I don't, 
I, you know, I'm afraid of artificial intelligence. I bought into the whole Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, they're smarter than us. They try to kill us vision, you know, so, yeah. uh, uh um, <laughs> I'm totally, you know, afraid of that, but, uh, so I just don't know, you know, and I'm not smart enough to judge, uh, if it's going to, what, what the impact is going to be, but yeah, uh, I love you know, your I mean, answer about the, in the education piece though, the, Oh, wow. It sounds like you should just be breathing, sit down and take some deep breaths and, you know, have a Coke, you know, uh, that's I, right. Uh, yeah. That I, I totally think is, that's a great thought that I, I hadn't had. So that makes yeah, a lot of sense. I think that there are some great tools for that. We're actually partnering with a couple of them right now because they've realized that sometimes their users need more than that. Right. And they want more than that. And they want to be able to connect people because a lot of these apps or, or AI tools are also can give information to a therapist. Um, so there's, you know, there's, for example, there's mood tracking apps that can help you kind of track where you're, how you're feeling and what's going on. And you can actually just send that right over to a therapist that you work with who can better understand what your day to day is like, oh, what your cool. progress is like. That's right. So we're actually working with a few that are, are quite complementary to therapy and, and they've, you know, they've come to us too and said, you know, our users want to find a therapist too. So right now we're seeing things pretty complimentary. I think that's going to stay the, stay the course, at least for the next few years, who knows what AI will develop, but it's not anywhere in the very near future that is going to be able to uh, do the work of an actual human being therapist. All right. Do you follow this UFO stuff that the United States military has got these videos and they finally released that, yes, those videos are real. We did film them and we've been studying them and we have no idea how those things are doing that. Have you followed this at all, Ryan? I do. I do a little bit. And, um, yeah, I, you so know, some that, things we just don't means, know. <laughs> so when the United States government says that, that means to me that it's either the Chinese, which I don't think, I just don't think they're that far ahead of us. Or it's really, we really have aliens here. If we really have aliens, I think a lot of us are going to need therapy. So not only am I charging you 9% for the uh, <laughs> advice, I think you should also start a new aliens section. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good, that, that one, I don't know if I'm going to sign on the dotted line with the lawyer for that one, but uh, you know, the, Look, there's lots of, lots of stresses out there that we can't predict, right? Whether it's aliens or a global pandemic, um, life is stressful and, and we need coping tools and we need to understand ourselves and how we react to these events and what tools we have you know, available to help us do that and do it in a way that feels best for us. Ryan so. Schwartz, you get an A plus in every category that we have. How do we find out more about you? Follow you online and maybe visit Mental Health Match. Yep, absolutely. You can find us uh, mentalhealthmatch.com, the free service right there. You can find us, uh, follow our Instagram. It's at Mental Health Match. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Ryan Schwartz, the founder of Mental Health Match. And I'd be happy to connect with anybody. Ryan, fantastic stuff. Thank you so much for being with us. Great, uh, great interview. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. We'll be back in just a second with, as I said, the head of AI at IBM. We'll be right back. Schoolforstartupsradio.com slash contest. Join now. 
We are back. And again, thank you so much for being with us. I'm very excited and honored to introduce my next guest. His name is Seth Dobrin. He is the global head for artificial intelligence at IBM. Wow. Pretty impressive. Seth, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jim. Thanks for having me and giving the opportunity to speak with you and your listeners. There was an article in The Guardian last week, Nobel Peace Prize winner Daniel Kahneman said that clearly artificial intelligence is going to win against human intelligence. It's not even close. The fascinating thing he says is, how are we going to adjust? Perfect for you. How are we going to adjust in the business world? How is it going to look in the future? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good question. Um, and let's start with, with where we are today and, and how AI is playing a role in, in our lives. So from, from working with more than 40,000 customers uh, leveraging IBM's Watson, we found that for AI and to impact customers and businesses most effectively, the, AI, the enterprises implementing the AI need to do so in the context of specific outcomes and specific decisions. And as consumers, the most visible implementation today of this is a virtual agent. And, and when I say virtual agent, think AI-powered chatbot. We saw a lot of these during the pandemic. Now, to, to your real question underlying that, when, when I think about AI, uh, and we often talk about it as artificial intelligence, in the context of that, that Guardian uh, article that you mentioned, you know, when I really think of, of AI, I think of it as augmented intelligence. And let's look at some, some examples of this. Um, and so, you know, if you think about how AI, you know, is affecting our lives and we may not really realize it, how we're interacting in an augmented way with, uh, with AI, let's, let's talk about when you use your credit card. Uh, so whenever you use your, your credit or debit card, you take a swipe. Your bank is actually used, more than likely using AI with every transaction to assess if it's fraud or not. And if the bank thinks it's fraud, they're actually going to send you a text or an email or reach out to you in some way and ask you if you're trying to, you know, execute this transaction. And that's augmented intelligence because the bank isn't just outright denying it. They're delaying the approval of it and saying, hey, Seth or Jim, are you trying to use your credit card at, at this gas station? Uh, other ways is through hiring. So many companies use AI in various stages of, of the hiring process. Most often, this is in screening resumes. But as a manager or a hiring manager in this case, right, a good implementation of a hiring of an algorithm used to hire will not only re, you know reject or approve uh, a resume, it'll pass most of them through to the to the hiring manager and give you a reason as to why this applicant is or isn't recommended for you to continue to, to interview process. And, and finally, loan decisions, right? Uh, banks often use AI to help drive uh, creditworthiness decisions. And the AI doesn't just approve or deny in most cases. It may, in fact, just approve without human intervention. But in almost all cases, if you get an initial you know, response from, from, from a credit decision that's driven by an AI that's not thumbs up, you're going to get the credit, um, it's, it's, it's some form of we'll have someone reach out to you and talk to you to get more information and or explain to you why you didn't get the credit. So again, augmented, not the AI making the decision on its own. All right. Great information there, Seth. I want to tell you a real quick story. This is funny. 
I was in Argentina and I went and bought some clothes at a high-end decorator, you know, a famous brand label, and the credit card was denied. And I got on the phone and called immediately because I was traveling with a woman who was trying to buy me a new wardrobe, you see. And so I was embarrassed and I called and said, well, why did I get rejected? And they were, they were very helpful. They said, well, you know, sir, we go through your credit. You've been with us for 10 years. Uh, this was actually a USAA credit card, Seth, if that means anything to you. Uh, Visa with USAA. And sir, you've been with us for 10 years and you've traveled all over the world. And we can see that you were in Uruguay yesterday in Chile a week ago, but sir, you've never bought clothes with this credit card. And so that's what set off the alert. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. That tells you about my consumption yeah, matter, real- doesn't it? Yeah, that's a really good example. And we, we do a lot of work with, with us, with USAA. Um, but that's a great example of how they're using augmented intelligence to help make the decision. Yes, they, they turned down your transaction because it was odd for you, right? The AI determined that it wasn't normal for you to, to buy clothes while you're traveling. Um, or ever. But if no, you no, notice, no, ever. You, buy clothes ever. 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 Oh, you don't ever buy clothes. <laughs> ever. <laughs> but, but, but if you notice, when you called up USAA, they knew exactly why the AI came to that decision, right? So yes. they are implementing what we think about as trustworthy AI, because in that case, it was explainable. So let me take your next example. We don't need to talk about your loan example because that's numbers and that makes sense to me. But we all know that when you are putting your resume out there, you're supposed to research. There's even apps and platforms that do this. Research what words to use to get the job you want. You know what I'm talking about? That it plants it, you know, plants the certain search words that it knows the algorithms are looking for into your resume. Who's smarter there right now? Uh, Will the AI see through my attempts to deceive it or to play it? You know, I I, I think that's a good question, but but I think um, a different way to look at it is not, can I as an individual outsmart the AI or can another AI outsmart smart you know, it's it, it, it's counterpart. The the real question that's important, the most important question I would say is, are these AIs evaluating the resumes in a way, specifically for this use case, that is trustworthy? Meaning, is it free of bias? And in this case, we're talking about gender and racial bias more than likely. Um, is it explainable? So if an AI says, Jim, we don't like your resume, we're not going to pass you through the hiring manager. Can, can both you and the hiring manager get an explanation from the AI, right? You probably, you probably wouldn't do it directly, but as to why your resume was, was denied. Um, to your point about, you know, uh, uh, you know, other algorithms trying to undermine the effect of the efficacy or what we call robustness of this AI, you know, robustness is a key factor in trustworthy AI, meaning can it counteract attacks? And this would be a form of an attack, right? Attack is kind of an aggressive word, but that's how we talk about it in, in this field. Can it, can it counteract 
an attack in terms of understanding how it's coming to decision so that other AIs or hackers in some cases can't get to that. That And then it's got to protect our privacy. We have a lot of what we would consider personal information in our resumes and certainly in our applications that we fill out when we, when we get hired or when we're applying for a job, phone number, email address, address, things like that. That's all considered personal information. How well is that AI and that company preserving your privacy? Seth, I could talk and learn from you all day. I know you got to run. How do we find out more about what IBM is doing in AI? Yeah, so so if you or your your listeners want to find out how uh, Watson IBM is using Watson with our customers to uh, to automate uh, workflows and, and processes, or how uh, Watson is able to understand the language of businesses and industries, or how IBM is is helping companies to deliver more trustworthy AI, they can go to ibm.com/watson. Fantastic, Seth. Thank you so much for being with us again, Seth Dobrin. Great information, and we really appreciate it, sir. Yep, thanks for having me, Jim. I hope you and yours remain well. And likewise. And we will be right back to talk about consumer debt in just a second. Schoolforstartupsradio.com slash contest. Join now. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a wonderful question, actually, Jim. Oh, my gosh. I love the opportunity to do this. Thank you, Jim. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. You know, that is a phenomenal question. That's a great question, and, and I don't have a great answer. That's a great question. Oh, that is such a loaded question. And that's actually a really good question. School for Startups Radio. And welcome back to the show again. Thank you so very much for being with us. All right. I have made several commitments to you, uh, our loyal listeners. I am here to try to teach you to forget about creativity, risk, or passion. Go out there and get started that anyone can do this. I'm trying to give you the tips, the tricks, and the techniques to be successful. I promised you that, and we will always be free. Oh, and also, I promise never to talk about politics and religion and abortion. We're not going to talk about that. If you want that, we're going to go somewhere else. And we never let lawyers on the show. Well, today I'm going to break all of those promises. We're going to talk about abortion with a lawyer. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. We're going to talk about <laughs> the law in a way that will help you. Please welcome Michael Agris to the show. He is the founding attorney at Agris Law Firm, which is dedicated to stopping debt collect, uh, collection, harassment, robocalls, credit uh, problems, all of that horrible stuff that unfortunately some of us entrepreneurs have to deal with. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Well, you help us entrepreneurs from time to time, right? Uh, the un, you know, let's admit it. Some of us are going to end up with some credit issues and et cetera, et cetera, right? Correct. All right. So what are the type things you do? What are the bread and butter services you offer? Uh, sure. So my law firm handles consumer rights and personal injury. On the consumer rights side of things, we help people with debt collection harassment, robocalls, credit report problems, and deceptive business practices acts uh, cases. And the personal injury practice is run of the mill. All right. So of those, probably the debt issues are the most likely for us entrepreneurs. 
as we start to realize that we're in debt issues, what are the first things we should do to have it so we don't end up having to hire you? Right. The, I'd say my, my biggest piece of advice for people, consumers, is to check your credit report. That's the most important thing that people can do. And the last time I looked at the statistics, about 20 to 25% of people, adults in the U.S., have mistakes on their credit report. Wow. All right. What should, and obviously, I can go to the agencies and fight that. We understand that. Uh, when would I find myself hiring you for debt collection? Uh, I don't know. After how many calls is it sort of fair to hire you? Sure. So there are plenty of uh, debt collection companies out in the country who comply with the law, spend tons of money on compliance, and I never hear from them. There are other collection agencies out there that will call family members, they'll call your employer, they'll continue to call you after you say stop, they will make empty threats. Anytime you think that your rights are being violated and you have a concern with the debt collector, uh, contact my office. The best part about dealing with debt collectors is there's a federal law called the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. It applies to everyone in the country. Everyone's got rights under it. And if you retain me, we can help you and you won't have to pay my fees and costs. All right, we'll come back to that in a minute. I, I want to talk about the fees in a second. But what are my rights under this law what are they not allowed to do and you mentioned saying stop is this just like dating and if uh if i say stop the the other person i'm with has to stop kissing me and if i say stop they have to stop calling me is it the same thing michael yeah I'll, yeah let's let's focus on the stopping calls correct if a collection agency you is calling focus you on my sexual issues no, I, I, I don't. I don't want to comment on, on whether uh, you're kissing someone and you say stop. And remember, if you stop. we threw all the rules out for this interview. You remember, I had all the rules. We threw them all out just for you, Michael. You have the opportunity, you know, to go Howard uh, Stern on me. Yeah, Jim, I appreciate that. I've got to ask you: Am I the first attorney on your show? Uh no. I, I'll be honest. I've had others. You're not. Um, my, you know, virgin attorney. So I've had, uh, you know, we break, you know, cause every once in a while, let's, ugh, I hate to say it. Entrepreneurs need attorneys, right? And so I want to provide those interviews as well. You know, our, our job is to have the entire mosaic, anything you could encounter, you know? So we've had that really famous divorce attorney, and how to get ready for a divorce if you're an entrepreneur and stuff like that. So how to kill your spouse and get away with it. We had that attorney. Um, <laughs> uh, how to bury money and, you know, all, all of those things we've covered. <laughs> nice. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a pretty esteemed list uh, on your show. Hey, well, you know, you're an attorney. I mean, you did that to yourself, right? Correct. Correct. Oh. So... 
here are things, uh, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, I tell people it's a laundry list of what collection agencies can and cannot do while collecting a debt. They can call you, they can send you letters, they can try to collect the money. If the calls are harassing you or you're getting them at work or they're contacting your family or friends or other third parties and you say stop calling, they've got to stop calling. If you dispute the debt or request validation, there are certain things the collection agency has to do. All right. I've had, uh, I go to the doctor a lot, Michael, so I get uh, tons of medical bills and I've had some of them go to collections sometimes because uh, I don't remember doing that, you know, and so I won't pay it. Uh, and I've learned that if you, know, if you say, show me what this was half of the time, it, they don't ever call back. Does it then fall off the credit report? Uh, automatically? Probably not. I need, as, as you said, I need to go check, don't I? Uh, correct. So it will not automatically fall off your credit report. Usually that stays on your credit report for at least seven years. But I just and proved, as far as, they, they can't prove that I did it. You know, they can't prove that I took that aspirin that they're charging $27 for. You know, I asked and they didn't send me the proof. Correct. So oftentimes what collection agencies will do when you dispute the debt is they will simply close out the account and send it to the next collection agency in line. So I always tell people it's, it's, it's like a food chain. So my, my best piece of advice is check your credit report. My, my second piece of advice is if you get something from a collection agency, a letter, do not ignore it. It's not going to go away. You may dispute it, request validation, and it may end up with another collection agency. The best thing to do is address it. And if you owe the debt, try to reach some sort of settlement and it makes sure when you settle that you also ask for it to be removed from your credit report. And medical debt is a huge issue. Uh, I agree with you. You can go to a hospital to uh, see a doctor. You're going to get a bill from the hospital. You're going to get a bill from the medical group. You're going to get a separate bill um, from the physician's group. And there's, and there's several bills. Correct. Or radiologist. the radiologist. Right. The proctologist. So, <laughs> exactly. So uh, we help tons of people who have medical debt. Don't ignore the collection agencies and also double check your credit report to see if the debt's on there. Right. It's just uh, a real pain sometimes. I hate having to deal with this. All right. The no fee part. We put that on the parking lot. Let's come back to it. How do you do all this without charging me? So the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, it's been around since the late 70s. It's incredible. It has what's called a fee shift provision. So consumers are protected. And if you hire me, my fees and costs are shifted to the other side. What that translates to is the collection agency pays my bill. Only if I'm wrong or always? If... We take on a, if we take on a case under the FDCPA, we have a really high success rate. For some reason, if I'm wrong and there's not a case and we end up dismissing it, we just eat our fees and costs. That doesn't happen often, but our clients never pay us a penny, win or lose. That's pretty cool. It is. And it, what, what I like about it is it gives consumers leverage and power against collection agencies, big companies, hospitals, credit card companies, uh, finance companies. It's incredible. And, and the, what's interesting about this law that I tell people all the time is I graduated from law school in 2004. And when I was going to law school, 
we didn't have any classes on consumer rights, and we certainly didn't learn about the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act or the Fair Credit Reporting Act dealing with your credit report, which also has a fee shift provision. So if they're not teaching law students this at least 15, 20 years ago, uh, the public doesn't know their rights. And so oftentimes people do not know that they have these consumer rights. And that's why I always tell people, check your credit report. If you get a letter from a collection agency, don't ignore it. Reach out to an attorney if you need help. All right. My dad joked that 50% of his medical school was wrong and they couldn't tell him which 50% it was. And, you know, I went to MBA school and I never use any of that stuff. You know, how much of what you do today was not covered in law school? That's a really good question. As far as running a business, they don't teach you any of it in law school, which is something that's so surprising to me. There's no, I didn't take any classes on how to run a business. I didn't take any classes on how to generate business. I didn't take any classes on how to run an operating account, a client trust account. And that wasn't by choice. None of those classes were offered. Michael, are you afraid that artificial intelligence is just going to take us over and us humans are pretty much useless at this point? Not for practicing law. Uh, it's <laughs> interesting you ask. Not for practicing law. Um, I, I will I've heard say of this. an artificial engine that does practice law. Uh, that, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, gosh. absolutely. So there are certain firms out there using AI for document review or scanning contracts for certain terms. Okay. So certainly, certainly AI can make your law firm more efficient and more tech savvy, but it's, it's certainly, I don't think it's going to replace attorneys. All right. I'm not saying just, I'm saying all humans, you know, <laughs> not just attorneys, all of us, you know, the Terminator model. So anyway. The IBM guy said no. Michael, great information. I love what you're doing. I appreciate knowing about this. If I need to sign up and speak with you, how do I make that happen? Sure. My website is agrislawfirm.com, and it's A-G-R-U-S-S lawfirm.com, or my telephone number is 312 312- Two two four four six nine five. We are available twenty four seven for website submissions, phone calls, texts, emails. We're always here. Fantastic, Michael. Great stuff. Appreciate you being with us. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And please remember to join the mailing list, School for Startups Radio dot com slash contest. That's right. We disguised it as a contest. It's true. What an iPad. Have a great day. Bye.